Hey, listeners, this is your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. If you're looking for a way to support my podcast, here are three quick things you can do. Number one, visit iTunes and review the show. More reviews help get the word out. Number two, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and support my shows. A dollar a month helps a little, and five bucks a month helps a whole lot more and gets you some neat things in return. Number three, tell a friend about the show by sharing links to your favorite episodes via social media. As always, thanks for listening and supporting my podcasts. And now, on with the show. Greetings, users and programs, and welcome to episode number 11 of Cactus Flax Podcast, the show in which I will be discussing all of the arcade cabinets I actually owned. I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara, and on today's show, I will be discussing Arrow Fighters, which was released in 1992 by Video System, also known in the United States as Mick O'River Incorporated. As always, we'll kick off the show with a review of the game, followed by my memories of owning Arrow Fighters. Arrow Fighters is a vertical shooter, or shoot 'em up, or shmup, I guess, as some people say. Uh, the goal of the game is to kill everything in sight and power up, uh, building your weapons by collecting power ups. The control panel contains two eight way joysticks, and each player gets two buttons each. One is for your regular fire, and one was for your, let's call it a super uh, weapon. Uh, there were dedicated cabinets for this game, but they're pretty plain looking. If you've ever seen uh, cabinets from Mick O'River, which is what mine was, or Video System, uh, they're pretty plain looking. Mine had uh, Mick O'River, almost what looked like wallpaper over the control panel, just with the, the name of the company over and over. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about my uh, uh, personal cabinet here later on in the show. A uh, brief review of the game. You can choose one of uh, four different countries to represent. There's the United States, Japan, Sweden, and United Kingdom. Uh, each one of those countries has a different plane and a different character, and they are different for player one and player two. Uh, there are seven stages to the game. Uh, the early stages are randomly selected. Uh, and then, uh, once you get through the randomly, I think the first three are random. And then the last four are always in the same order. Uh, once you beat all seven levels, you get the first ending and then the game starts over in uh, difficult mode. And you have to beat all seven stages a second time to see the final ending of the game. Uh, I put this in the uh, 16-bit era of video games. It has nice 16-bit graphics and sound and also some, uh, some really good music in the game as well.
Aero Fighters is known as Sonic Wings in Japan, so those are the same games. Uh, the other systems it was released on, obviously, uh, you can play Aero Fighters and its two sequels, uh, Aero Fighters 2 and 3 in MAME. Uh, Aero Fighters was released for the Super Nintendo, but it is a super rare cartridge. There is one on eBay right now uh, for uh, a buy it now of $777. And I found records where one sold for $3,000. So uh, Aero Fighters for Super Nintendo, crazy expensive. Aero Fighters 2 and 3, which I also owned, are Neo Geo games. The biggest difference between those two and the original is that Aero Fighters 1 is a vertical game. So you need a monitor uh, in a vertical orientation. And 2 and 3, because they're for the Neo Geo system, uh, are horizontal games. So you're still traveling up, uh, you know, towards the top of the screen, but the monitor is, uh, you know, in a normal, I guess that would be landscape uh, <laughs> position. Uh, let's see what else. There's also um, Sonic Wings Special, which was released for Android, PlayStation, PlayStation 3, PSP, the Vita, and the Sega Saturn. There's Aero Fighters Assault, which was a Nintendo 64 game. And then there is the Oretachi, Oretachi, let's say, Game Center Zoku. Uh, and that's uh, Sonic Wings for the PlayStation 2. So there are a lot of Air Fighters and uh, Sonic Wing games out there for different systems. My history before purchasing this game, I didn't have a definite history with Arrow Fighters. Uh, I think I've mentioned on other shows that my buddy Jeff was really into vertical shoot 'em up type games. Uh, he was really good at them. I was really bad at them, uh, but they're fun games to play with two players. Um, you know, and, and and my specialty, and, and I, you could see this in the video, uh, the bonus video footage. I'm not good at these games by myself, I'm, and I'm not good at them with two people. And normally what I do is kind of hang back as far as I can uh, and shoot what I can. And then when, um, you know, the person I'm playing with dies, then I go steal all their bonus items and try to level my guns up really quickly. So that's uh, uh, usually how I play these types of games. So uh, when I saw this game, I wasn't saying, oh... I'm dying to have Aero Fighters, but it was more of, you know, I was in the mode of buying games. I had Shinobi. I had a platform game, which was Bucky O'Hare. I had the uh, rotary joysticks game with Heavy Barrel, and I thought, oh, you know, I need a, um, a shoot 'em up style game. And so when I saw this at an auction, I thought, well, this would fit the bill. I paid $150 for this game. Um, it came in a... Now, this is interesting. Uh, it had Miko River on the CPO or on the uh, control panel overlay. Uh, the bezel uh, was just black plastic around the monitor. So there was nothing, you know, saying what game it was. Uh, and then the marquee on the top said Turbo Force. 
Now, I didn't really, you know, know what that meant. I didn't know if this was another game that had been converted over, and that turns out uh, to be the case. Mine had uh, two joysticks and one button per player. Well, it turns out Turbo Force is an earlier Mick O'River game. Uh, it's a another vertical shoot 'em up type game, but it only requires one button per person. So the whole time I had this game and was playing Arrow Fighters, I only had one button per player, so I could never do the uh, super weapon type thing, and, and that. It kind of it, it annoys me not as a, the arcade owner like I didn't care about this game all that much but uh, you know this is a game I mean it had stickers on it so it had been on route somewhere so someone who owned an arcade upgraded you know they just stuck a new uh, PCB inside upgraded it to Arrow Fighters and put it out there and, and kids were playing this game and not able to play it properly because it didn't have two buttons per uh, player like it's supposed to have. Uh, but it did have a beautiful 25-inch monitor. And uh, that was really one of the reasons that attracted me to this uh, cabinet. I thought, you know, if uh, if I decide that I don't like Aero Fighters or whatever, I could convert this into something else really easy. It's a jamming game. And the monitor, like I said, was really big and just, you know, beautiful quality. So uh, that was uh, really one of the main reasons why I purchased it. Uh, again, uh, my memories of owning it, I would say this is a game that, uh, I didn't play that much by myself, but when people came over, it was fun to play with two people. Um, during the show at some point, I probably have already played this, but I will play, uh, the startup sounds, the startup music when you fire up the cabinet and this particular cabinet, I own the, the volume was turned up pretty loud. So when I started firing up, uh, my arcade games, that sound always played, uh, and it was really recognizable. So uh, that's probably like one of my biggest memories of this game is not really playing it, but just hearing it uh, every time I would uh, fire up all my machines. Um, so, you know, Arrow Fighters was an okay game. I enjoyed it okay when people came over and uh, to visit. We would both play it, and so okay is really the best description I can give it. However, not long, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes, I bought a Neo Geo cabinet, and eventually I found Aero Fighters 2 and 3 on the Neo Geo. And so when I purchased those later on, I didn't have any need for Aero Fighters 1. Like, why did I need one cabinet with Aero Fighters 1 and another one with Aero Fighters 3? I mean, I'm sure if I, other than the monitor orientation, if you showed me a, a picture from one and from the other, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between the games. I'm just not um, that dedicated into uh, uh, Aero Fighters. So um, when I bought the Neo Geo versions of Aero Fighters, I decided I didn't need this cabinet anymore. And so this machine ultimately became my 48-in-1 machine. Now, 48-in-1 if you're not familiar, uh, there, there's a lot of different ones. There's a, the most common one that's out there now is a 60 and one. I think there's a hundred and one. Uh, but these are PCBs that are, you know, programmed with chips to run basically a stripped down version of MAME and uh, have, you know, like mine, the original ones. I think there was a 30 and one was the first one I ever saw. Uh, but I owned a 48 in one. And so of the 48 games that were built in, 
It was Donkey Kong 1, 2, and 3, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, uh, Galaga, Galaxian. Uh, I think Dig Dug is in it. You know, just really all the, not all, but a lot of the good classic early games. And I had that beautiful 25-inch monitor and Arrow Fighters in it, which, like I said, wasn't even a game that I loved all that much. And now, with the Neo Geo later on, I had Arrow Fighters 2 and 3. So uh, that's what I did. I pulled the Arrow Fighters board out of my cabinet, and um, I put in a 48 and 1. And this was a simple JAMA swap. The 48 and 1 needed a vertical-oriented monitor, and that's what was in this. So literally, I opened the back door of the cabinet. I unplugged the harness from the uh, Aero Fighters board, and I plugged the harness into the other one. It probably took me 10 seconds to switch between the games. Now, I did mention earlier that the control panel that I had only had one button per player, and for a lot of the games in the old 48 and 1, uh, in fact, I think all the games, uh, maybe, I don't remember if Amdar is on there or not, but I mean, for... The vast majority of games, you only need one or no buttons at all, and uh, you know for Pac-Man and things like that. But Galaga, Galaxian, you only need one fire button. Uh, all the Donkey Kong games, uh, so it it was never really an issue. I never uh, drilled a hole or um, you know worried about adding a second button uh, to that cabinet because one button worked uh, just just fine on it. Uh, I never did any repairs on this cabinet. Um, and, uh, when I sold it, I, I don't really remember, but I think I sold it. I know I sold it low. Um, now when I go on Craigslist and eBay, I see these 48 and one cabinets for 600, $800,000. And I think I probably sold mine for a couple hundred. So I definitely could have made more money. I just didn't know, uh, uh what the value of it actually was. I did sell, the Arrow Fighters board separately, and I think I sold it maybe for a hundred bucks. I don't remember, but somewhere around there, that seems right. So, uh, uh, so I, I think I did okay, uh, you know, on this one. Uh, current value, according to Exidy's uh, price guide online, is two hundred to three fifty for a dedicated Turbo Force. There aren't any prices listed for Arrow Fighters. Uh, I checked eBay, and there weren't any arcade cabinets. For Arrow Fighters, no dedicated, no converted. Um, I did find PCBs that are either selling or have sold everywhere from the twenty to fifty dollar range. So uh, it's not that valuable anymore. Um, on the uh, MVS ones, uh, I saw Arrow Fighters two, the MVS cartridge for around forty, and uh, number three was closer to a hundred. Now, eventually what happened, even after I bought those, and uh, I don't want to get too much into the Neo Geo stuff because we're going to talk about Neo Geo in a later episode, but I bought a uh, 100, I think it was a 161 in one Neo Geo cartridge, uh, and it had 160 Neo Geo games on it, and it does have Arrow Fighters 2 and 3, and those are on eBay. Those uh, 161 in ones are on eBay for about $120. Uh, and of course there's a ton of like fighting games and stuff that I didn't care about, but, uh, you know, with the arrow fighters games on there, I just got that multi-cart and I sold my original cartridges. So I was just, uh, uh, happy as a clam. Would I buy this game again? Well, um, I'm not attached to arrow fighters per se. 
So I wouldn't go out of my way probably to find aero fighters. And in fact, if I had a Neo Geo and had one of those multi-carts, then I definitely would not purchase this again. However, if I were building a home arcade, I mean, if I had a home arcade with five machines, then there's no way I would own this. Or even ten, I probably wouldn't own this. But if I were in the range of, let's say, I were going to own 20 (laughs) cabinets again, which is crazy, um, you know, I would have a vertical shoot-em-up game. So whether it was this one, uh, any of the Aero Fighters uh, games, any you know similar type games, it wouldn't matter to me which one it was. I, I like the genre, I like the idea of it, and I think any game where two people can play together is always more fun than just a one at a time game. So I definitely would, uh, you know, I wouldn't like I said I wouldn't seek this one out specifically, but I would have some other sort of um, you know vertical shoot 'em up type game. So. Uh, my final thoughts. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. It's a it's a fun game. Arrow Fighters is a fun game. Uh, it's more fun with two people versus one. Uh, I can't get very far in these types of games by myself. I do better, I think, nowadays with games that have patterns, and I play them over and over, and I learn the patterns. Uh, but these types of games where it's all random and the bullets are going. Uh, my reflexes, I just don't think, are as quick as they used to be as I was playing this, um, you know, on the on the video bonus footage. I, I'm just not fast enough to react to the shots anymore. So that's um, uh, for a little bit from old man Flack. So anyway, I think that's uh, that's pretty much my final thoughts on this game. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cactus Flax. You can find more episodes of Cactus Flax over at podcast.robohara.com. If you'd like to contact me, send me an email at robohara at robohara.com. Find me on Twitter at Commodore or follow this page on facebook.com forward slash Cactus Flax. You can also leave a voicemail on the Rob O'Hara podcast hotline, which is area code 405-486-YDKF. Cactus Flax is a proud member of Throwback Network your home for quality retro podcasts. To find this and other retro-themed podcasts, visit throwbacknetwork.net. Thanks again for listening.